Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) Hello! Welcome to 2022. Part two. AKA. No, let's hope it's not 2020. 2020.1 was 2021, and then 2022 might be 2022. Don't you say that. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. 2022 is the dawn of a new era. It's going to be fresh. It's going to be delicious. Mm. It's going to be bright. It's going to be sensual. This sounds like a sponsor ad. It's going to have a little, it's going to have a couple citrus notes. Okay. And then it's also going to have a fruity back end. I'm really nervous about my foot in this thingy. So put your foot on the other side of my legs. Oh, no, 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 no. No, my foot's staying there. You're going to change that, the location of that. Oh, I can't because that will literally change the sound. Like things are plugged into that. So you could put your leg over this way if you want. I really wish that would have been maybe discussed before. Before you got set up. Before I got set up. Uh, We are in our final Airbnb here in the U.S. As we record this. As we record this. As you hear this in your ear pods, your air pods. Yeah, ear pods. Why didn't they name them ear pods? That sounds nice. (laughs) Go ahead. We are officially off on our journey to travel full as, time. As of them listening to this? Is that as what you're saying? As of them listening okay. to this. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of interesting. It is. Now, we might have to record like a update episode, like a, oops, just kidding. Like, oops, we didn't end up, right. you know, something happens. Yeah, you know? prepare for that. But we're just fingers crossed. We're just going. We're going. We're off. We're going. So let's talk about in the Pramble section here. We're in our first Pramble of 2022. Welcome, everybody. Hi. This is, is the Pramble. Isn't it lovely? Don't you guys all feel delicious and fresh and Don't bright? Don't you all feel delicious? And, and... Yes. Do you have any slight citrus notes that you're thinking about? <laughs> okay. Uh, we finished getting rid of all of our things. I can't believe we did it. And by we, we is strong. So we is a strong word. I'll accept you, these uh, these trophies. Go ahead. I will give you all the trophies because yeah. I, I, we could not have done this without you. Thank you. You are the MVP of moving. Nice. All times. Am I also the cha- so I'm like am I like the finals MVP, but then also the season MVP? Do you see, and how, my also eyes are, do you see how my eyes are just glossing over? Sports things. Although, what did we learn about me in sports? Yeah, you have to. You just need a lot of backstory. I need a lot of backstory. We watched Hard Knocks just as a like after the season. Yeah. No, I mean it was technically during. Yeah, but anyway, the season's still going. Just so you're aware. I sure. Yeah. Again, I'm, I have a long way to go. Yeah, okay, but we watched like three episodes of Hard Knocks. Got you right and into it. I was like Jason. I. Th- think I'm a football fan now (laughs) and he was like well you're not but that's cute that you think that and I just decided I need to know the characters I need to know the backstory I need to know who like why is everyone there what's their driving force and then I'm invested that's why they made the show and so I've never been able to like mentally enjoy sports the way that you have yeah and a part of me is like oh I want to know like what because I know you enjoy it so this this part is for any of the folks who are listening who have a partner who's really into watching the NFL and you don't care at all. Or any sport, really. Well, but for NFL, specifically okay, for the NFL, hard because sure, I have, sure, sure. we have a practical thing here. We have here. a solution. Try right. and watch Hard Knocks. Yes. Try it. Because if you like... Maybe it'll get you into it. And then also, it might not. So that's okay. It might not. Let's but anyway, I was. Let's keep going. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> this Airbnb, it uh, it's... Re- well, first of all, this is a great spot for us because it's literally next door to our it, home. To our home in Carlsbad, our next door neighbor has an Airbnb. Yeah. And so Jason had this great idea, which is oh. 
Yeah, you've had so many great ideas. What an MVP. Just keep showing up. <laughs> You're, I was wondering, how do we get to Hard Knocks MVP? Yeah. Got it. So you thought, hey, we're going to have to sell our bed and all of our furniture. That's hard to do when you're sleeping in a bed. Yeah. So why don't we, for the final week before we take off, let's stay in the Airbnb next door, and then we can like clean out the house and do yeah. everything. And that was such a clutch move. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's right, the reason why that kind of like made our ears perk up. It's right next to the highway. So our house is one house removed from the highway. So we hear the highway, but not like you hear it here. Like it's literally so I don't know if you're going to catch that on, I don't think so. on the mic, but it was like yeah. a, a car Since spinning out. whoever did this audio setup did such a great job. Uh, anyway, so we, we got rid of all of our things. So through, through eBay, through OfferUp, through uh, a, garage sale. a couple of like some things going to friends, a garage sale. We got rid of everything. And I think we did a pretty good job spacing everything out. So we didn't do it all in like one week, which was what had been my original plan. Yes. And we, we made it through. Like it, we, we had did. some stressful moments. We had the up and down roller coaster, but I really feel like we have crested stress mountain as yes. it relates to the getting ready for this trip. Yes. Now, you know, now we're going down the hill, riding the momentum of, we're free from all those things. And then we're going to come up to the next uphill, which is actually traveling. Well, yeah, that's what's interesting, right? Is I don't know if you're going to title this what you originally intended to, yeah. but when it was, when we were hitting one of our more stressful moments during all this, because y'all, I mean, selling all your possessions and moving to just, I would say move to a different country, but actually it's moving to no country. Right. <laughs> is it's a very logistically challenging thing. We knew this, yeah. but we were at the height of everything. And, and Jason was like, I feel like this is like the storm before the calm. Yeah. Like, you know, we've, we know that traveling is going to be stressful in its own way, but we're very much looking forward to as of recording this, the moment when we can just get there and get our bearings and relax and kind of start the journey yeah. because up until now, it's just been like, how do we fix yeah. our phones and we get moving and yeah. trying to do that and COVID precautions and like everything. Yeah. So, and I think, you know, we've shared in a couple different episodes before this one, a lot of the logistics that we're doing mm -hmm. and like we're selling our car and changing our phone plan and like, you know, figuring out like hot Wi-Fi hotspots and all those things. And I think we've done a really good job of identifying what we can identify now and mm -hmm. doing those things. But I, I know for a fact in the future, we're going to record some of be like, Hey folks, listen, we thought we had this figured out. Like we, this is completely wrong. Now we have to figure this out again. Or this we thought was like our bags were packed perfectly. Like now we have to like redo this. Like it's just gonna it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's already taught me a great lesson just about you can't plan for everything, and there is no right way to do something. Yeah, there's only and 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 actually the more you convince yourself there is a right way to do something, the more pressure you put on yourself and set an impossible task for yourself, yeah. which you just have to kind of roll with the punches. Like there were some things that we wanted to plan for and wanted to do, and we're not going to get to do them before we go. Yep. And we just have to roll with those punches. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let me, uh, we're going to tell one quick story, the, probably the best story of all of selling all of our stuff. Yes. And then we're going to give the final number of how much we made selling our just homely, sure. homely just for anyone who is a nosy Nancy and wants and to. And I know there are a lot of you yes. nosy Nancers out there. Okay, so the funny story is, uh, I was posting things on OfferUp. If you don't know what OfferUp is, if it's not in your country, it's basically just an app where you can post things for sale and then people can message you. But the good thing about OfferUp to me is that it's nice. The interface is nice. You have to upload a profile picture. It so feels more secure it than just, an anonymous I would say it's not board. secure. It feels more like you're connected to actual people. Like that's well, the that, difference. That's what I mean by secure. Yeah. 
Uh, it feels more legitimate and less anonymous. Yeah, like Craigslist just feels like I don't know who's going to show up gonna at my guess? house. Right, I right, really right. don't know. This, at least I can like see a profile photo. Granted, it could not be that person, but there's also reviews. Anyway, it, it worked. You didn't get catfished, though. I did not get catfished, <laughs> although, you know, could have uh, thought it was going to happen. Anyway, uh, one of the first items that we put up for sale and offer up were our outdoor lounge chairs. Yes. So these are our two chairs that were on our deck with our fantastic view that we just absolutely loved and we soaked up and we really enjoyed. And the lounge chairs were going for $140 for the pair. I think we paid like $280 new, so it was a great deal. And they're in perfect shape. The cushions have been kept in their little cubby. It's wonderful. <laughs> so I took these great photos. I obviously like got like our little tiny pool in the photo and like all this stuff. So I get a message from this woman and she's like, I love these chairs. We just moved here. We have a tiny backyard, but if you'll measure them for me, I think I want them. Also, what's the brand? So I, being the thorough person that I am, I go to my inbox and I'm searching. I cannot find. You tried so hard. I tried so hard. I tried all the different things I could think of. Do we buy them on Walmart? Do we buy them on Overstock? Was it Christopher Knight Home? Was it like Ventricool? Like there was just like all these different things I was thinking. Could not, not. find it. So I sent her a message back and I just was really honest. I was like, and I told her that. I was like, yeah. I searched for all these things. I can't find them. All I can tell you is that they are legit. They're not crappy. They're made of wood, not plastic. They're nice. And she wrote back laughing and she was like, you sound a lot like me. Like, I think we're very similar. And I was like, oh, okay, that's like a real person. You know, it's not just someone who wants to buy things. So she comes over and she's like, hey, can I bring my boyfriend? I want to make sure he likes to do I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Just mask up. Come on over. So they show up. They're delightful humans. We just start chatting on our deck for like 20 minutes. Yeah. I'm like, should we get to these chairs? Like after we just like chatting up. She was like, yeah, sure. So she was like, we'll take them. We like them. They both laid down on them. They're like, these are great. <laughs> We're like, oh, by the way, do you have any other stuff you're going to sell? And I was like, like come on in. do you want to just walk through our house? Again, masked up. Masked up. About 20 minutes later, she's like picked out a whole bunch of things. They leave and they're like, I'm going to text you like the stuff that I want, like, you know, whatever. I think they've come over six times. Six times. They purchased over $2,000 in things from We're us. We're not kidding. They filled a Jeep Wrangler to the brim multiple also, times. Also, want to be clear, this is not just like people with a hoarding problem that we're enabling. They are they had done long distance. They're yeah. finally moving in together. They have an entire home and yeah. they do not have anything. Yeah, she moved from Chicago. He moved from LA and they basically didn't have any stuff. Yeah, I yeah. think they were both in like one bedroom apartments yeah. or whatever. So this was a dream for her and oh, this was, was so a great. dream for us. Oh, yeah, it, it was, was so good. It was a match made an offer up heaven. It really was. And she just kept being like, you guys you all have really good stuff. Yeah. I was like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> because we love this stuff. The, so I think she felt like she hit the offer up jackpot. The last uh, side story to this story is uh, she sent me a message kind of towards the end of all, getting all of our things. And she was like, hey, what about the tools? You mentioned you have like a, just like a little thing of tools. I was like, oh, yeah. So I took a photo and like in the photo is like a, a bag with drills and drill bits, a box of like ratchets and things and like a random box full of like command strips, nails and like other stuff. And she, I sent her the photo. She was like, she's like, cool, how much for the Sharpie? And I look back at the photo and there's just like the cap of a Sharpie in the corner. It's like, that's the type of person that I was dealing with. Yeah. Which just made it so fun to be able to sell things to actual humans who are nice. Uh, because, you know, I, I don't remember Florida when we sold all of our things. It wasn't bad by any means, but like we didn't have any fun stories like that. Like yeah. it was just people buying our stuff. Yeah. So, so do you want to tell everybody the totals? I just do. I, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. You there's there's the something hilarious about these totals, which uh, we'll give to you as Carol runs through the three categories. Yeah. We sat down right before to write notes for this episode before recording. And he said, I want to write down the total for each category. So yeah. on offer up, yep. we made $5,720. Nice. Really good. Yeah. On eBay, we made $3,500. Even. Straight up even. Even. Yeah. 
at the garage sale, yeah. we made $780. That total. That, th- those three things I together. I double checked it. Are $10,000 even. $10,000 even now. This might seem silly to you, but we celebrated for 45 <laughs> seconds when yeah. we realized because... It's so satisfying. It's so satisfying. It's so satisfying. I will say the other uh, random thing in there that's kind of a funny thing is we were looking around for like estate sale services or like something come to us so like we wouldn't have to manage it. And I had one phone call with one guy and he was like, yeah, like I'm just gonna be honest, like your stuff might be worth like $10,000, but like I would only pay like a thousand bucks for all of it. And that's because those, the way you know, those companies make money is they have to buy at such a lower price yeah. to be able to then auction it off. And, and just to think like if we had just been like, oh, you know, like it's not worth it. Like, let's just like whatever. It was totally fine. Like I, I there was a lot of work to do all this. Like I managed like many days of like meeting people and doing stuff, but I carved out this time and we made it happen. So anyway, very satisfying that it was $10,000 exactly that we get to put into our savings account and we have that money set aside yeah. that we can spend on an adventure in Europe somewhere. No, we need to save it. Okay, we'll save it. <laughs> To spend it in Europe. Probably end up being half and half. Yeah. All right. So, is that the preamble? That is most of the preamble. What else do we have? Did you want to tell anyone, were there, was there anything surprising that didn't sell? Oh. Um, or by the end, because we wrote these notes before, probably by the end, everything. Yeah. I mean, I just, I really just started slashing prices on things like our exercise bike, the little flexi yeah, spot bike. I love that bike. Uh, people were selling those for like 250 bucks on offer up. I dropped it down to 40. I was just yes. like, come get it. Yes. Because also, that's one of my favorite things about selling things to people is when you feel like you are giving someone a really good deal and it makes absolutely makes their day. Like the single mom who we gave all my art supplies oh, to, yeah. and she was just like, yeah. what? I, oh, yeah. we didn't even, by the way, she didn't pay for it. She bought the art desk and then yeah. we were like, Hey, do you want some supplies yeah. as well? And she was so excited. Yep. Or the woman who came and she is moving out of living with a roommate, which she's been doing for multiple years and she doesn't have any kitchen supplies. Oh, bought our and entire bought our kitchen. our entire kitchen yeah. for like... A hundred bucks. She couldn't believe it. Yeah. I'm talking like... Oh, yeah. A, Literally every baking supply I every have. Every baking All supply. the cooking pots our and pans. cast iron pan. Glasses. Our silverware. Yeah, our West Elm she silverware. She couldn't yeah. believe it. The, and that was the great part about this is you get towards the end, like I definitely left the kitchen in the end because it's like the most stuff. And it, it left for me... What, what do I need from this? Do I actually right. need to make money or do I just need to get rid of it and I don't want to throw it away? And right. so that and it became, is a hard balance though because you you spent money on it, right? Absolutely. And so we don't want to be de- like we don't want to be um like just throwing money. Flippant. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. I couldn't think of the word that yeah. I wanted. Um but you also want to balance that with okay, obviously I'm yeah. not in a position where I need the money. So. Yeah. But yeah, that was just that was really great and she just kept saying like there was this huge pile in the garage for her. She was like you're sure like all of these things? And I was like, yes, please. Like, I'm yeah. so excited that you get to have all these things and give them new life. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then the thing I want, really wanted to talk about. The storm. <laughs> the storm. The actual storm. The actual yeah. storm. This, so, now, is this an emotional storm? Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. It always is. It always is. Got it. I just wrote my original notes to, on this episode just said feelings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so I wanted to talk about the feelings that come along with making a, tr- a big transition in your life, whatever that might be. And it's going to be different for different people, but I've been doing a lot of reflecting the past few days. And apart from this trip and apart from this big transition, I think, I think the transition has a lot to do with why I'm in this mental space, but I don't necessarily think all the feelings I'm feeling have to do with the fact that we're moving. Mm-hmm. I think that it is the, uh, discombobulating feeling of 
removing your comfort and removing your like anchor yeah. has a tendency to highlight or exacerbate feelings that you're already feeling about transitioning. And so I'm, I'm really in this very interesting mental space that I just have nowhere else to talk about <laughs> except for this podcast. <laughs> and, and those of you who are listening, who have been listening for a long time, will know that this is just how I am. Like part of what helps me process is being able to share emotions. But I was just thinking the other day and I was like, I think I've been a lot more sad this past quarter of the year than I've even been like realizing. Yeah. And you've been through a lot and, and doing number one, this, this move is a lot. It's a lot to uproot your life. It's a lot to get out of your comfort zones. It's a lot to, give up the things that you know that are the constants every single day. Like that's a lot in itself. In itself, right. And then what I'm, I guess, trying to also say is it's a lot in itself. And then it's also a lot when it's coming at a time where I'm already in in this place where I feel very uncertain about my identity and rewriting these like things about my identity. Yeah. And those of you who, again, are regular listeners will probably remember that when we went back to Florida in October Mm -hmm. to see our families um, who we hadn't, hadn't seen throughout the entire pandemic because we stayed home, you know, that was a really pivotal thing for me because it made me realize in a couple of situations made me realize that there are members of my family without getting too specific that I can't see anymore. Yeah. And I don't say that lightly at all. And I wish I felt more comfortable sharing the exact details, the details of that, because I think other people would be able to relate, but sharing family stuff is just really difficult because there are other people involved and other people's privacy involved. But I will say that it became very clear to me that there was a member of my family who I did not feel for lack of a better word, safe around anymore. And I had to make this hard decision of setting a really, really hard boundary in my family saying, I can't be around this person anymore. And that set into motion this extremely emotional, tumultuous upheaval for me because in my family, I grew up being the one that doesn't make anything harder on anyone else. Like, my way of dealing with the chaos and like the um, harder aspects of coming from a family that was trying to be a blended family and do the best they could, but that often felt very chaotic. My way of coping with that was to take on the responsibility of being good. And because if I could just be a good kid, if I could just be a good girl, then like, you know, the adults around me wouldn't have another reason to feel depressed or feel sad or feel angry or blow up or name call or like all these things. Right. And so I just think that was, that was the coping strategy that I developed. But what happens is if you are a person who through necessity has built your entire identity around being good and not making things hard for other people or not being a messy person or not having your own needs. Like what happens when you grow up and you, in order to protect yourself, have to set this boundary that actually 
disrupts the entire family unit. Yeah. That's how, that is what I've been trying to navigate the past three months. And it is so much more difficult than I think I've given myself credit for. Yeah. And I, I, I think the two situations that we've been in, the October family and then now moving, they're both so closely tied to your identity of who you are. So the, the one is who you are in your family and the one is who you are in our family, like and where right. you are. Right. And both of those identity existences are having a shift. They're having a change. And it would probably be easier to deal with one at a time, but you're getting two. <laughs> yeah, would not recommend double. Yeah, and, and, and that's also part of life though, right? Like you can't yeah. always predict when these things are going to happen. And we were talking about before we started recording is, you know, you didn't say it like this, but it was, al- it was almost like, what are you going to talk about to me? And, and it just... It no, me- I said, this is like <laughs> the classic thing in our relationship. You're like... I mean, okay, do you just want to talk? I, you're like, I guess I'll just listen. Yeah. Because you're so great like that. And I said, and I go, well, just when I offer up the phrase, <laughs> the grief of transition, what comes to mind? Yeah. And, you know, thankfully is a weird way to position it, but I do have an experience that, that feels very akin to this, which was in 2013 when I finished my I Wear Shirt business. And for five years, my identity had been so closely tied to this business and like, I was I wear your shirt. And as weird as that is to say, when a business is around you taking photos, videos, a live video show, being a person, people are interviewing you for what you've done. And it's not like a corporation that you're building. It's like this small business that you're everything in it. And you're the thing that it hinges on when that ended and not in like the way that I wanted it to, it just basically had to end because I couldn't keep it going anymore. I was just lost. Like I remember the feeling of just going who I was six months ago or a year ago is not who I am now. Mm-hmm. And it's like I told you though, you know, when we were talking again before recording, which was I still see you as lovely, funny, wonderful Caroline. You're still a great person to me. And even though you're dealing with these identity situations, I still see you the way that you have always right, been. Like, because, and, and I was just going to say, yeah. when 2013, it's probably the exact same for me, right? right? Like I'm going through this big change. I feel like, who am I as a person? I, I'm never going to start a business again. I'm a complete failure. I can't do anything. I'll have no ideas ever again. Right. And you're like, I don't see any of those things. I see this big goofy idiot that I'm with, you know? <laughs> well, yeah, there's this interesting thing where uh, I'm glad you brought that up because yeah, your partner has the ability to see you as this full human, right? Like you're, you're not, no one person is good with a capital G or bad with a capital B. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we often sort people into these categories, but, but so your paradigm for I wear your shirt for your identity was like, I'm, I'm this unique, creative, original person. And I wear your shirt as proof of that. It's this business that's super unique and people are telling me all the time that I'm so different. And Would you say I'm the MVP of that business? You're the MVP of that <laughs> business and you're being celebrated for that. So that's your paradigm. Yeah. I am original, creative Jason. And then when this, this entrepreneurial person and when that sort of gets shattered, your identity gets shattered. Because yeah. you go, well, if I don't have that, then, then am I worth anything? Right. And then same with me. It's like, okay, I feel... Like I don't have yet, I know I'll get there because it's something that I'm going to work on in this next chapter of my life, but I don't know how to 
like my paradigm of goodness and doing the right thing and trying to think of other people and trying to not rock the boat and just, you know, all those things that is starting to shatter because I'm realizing that there is no way to move through life doing the right thing all the time. Right. There is no way to move through life making other people comfortable at the expense of yourself without com being completely unhappy. Yeah. And so it's like, I have to learn and develop how to see myself as the full person capable of mistakes, capable of wonderful things and sometimes awful things. And like, I have to learn how to hold the complexity of that for myself, the way that I hold it for you, mm -hmm. the way that you hold it for me. But it's really, really hard. And I don't think I ever realized it. You know, like I thought, I thought this, this recovering perfectionism part of me was just something that I had worked on and I did to a degree, but I'm realizing now that it runs so much deeper than that. Mm -hmm. It's not just a performing t t for people to like you. It's not just trying to do, uh, you know, get the A plus so that you don't, don't disappoint people. It's not learning to make art that is imperfect. It's not those those things, even though I think they are tremendously important to be able to do, move forward and take risks in your work and things like that. But like, what do you do when it's the fabric of who you are? Yeah. When it's when you don't know how to see yourself as worthy and valuable if you're making mistakes. Yeah, and I think a big part of that, I mean, especially for the family side of this identity equation that you're going through is what we've talked about a lot, which is like, yeah, but we have our family. Like our own family is a is an important piece of your life puzzle as well. And while your, you know, what, what's the like- Family of origin. Your family of origin, while that's the thing that you've known the longest and it's the thing that you have the most deep-rooted connections to, obviously, it is important as you get older as a human being to realize like, yeah, but I might just naturally stray away from my family of origin. That doesn't mean I'm- not talking to them doesn't mean I don't, I don't love them. Like, but there might be certain parts of that tree where the branches are no longer allowed to be on the tree, you know? And it's like, you make some decisions there, but that's, it's all difficult and it all takes time. It's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard. And it's just, there's, and I guess the whole point of all this is not that I have any solutions, but the whole thing, the whole reason behind it is I just want to talk about the grief of all of that. Yeah. Like the grief of you losing, losing I wear your shirt and what that felt like. Yeah. And the grief of me having to reimagine what my relationship to my family is. The grief of leaving behind this beautiful life that we've built. Especially the, the flexi spot bike. <laughs> the grief you know? of losing the flexi spot. <laughs> but it's just, I think as someone who does tend to sometimes be on the, on the side of oh, what, what am I learning from this? Like, you know, I have to fight that toxic positivity part of me. That's like, but, but boy, was it worth it? You know, yeah. those things as someone who can sometimes fluctuate too much to that side, I guess I just want to put it out there and sit with the fact that it's okay that I've been sad for a few months. It's okay that this is a hard emotional point in our lives. It's okay that it's a hard emotional point in all of our lives in society's life. Like yeah. we are going through something that is so difficult for so many people in so many un like so many ways that we can't even put into words Yeah, and it's all tangled up together. And I, I know that the effects of this era will be felt forever. Yeah. Um, and for a society that doesn't do sadness super well, 
I just don't think we have a lot of language or emotional capacity to discuss the feelings that we're all feeling and different things that we're all feeling. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it is really interesting to think about how much time does it take to get through one of these like identity crises, if you will, transitions. And, and I, I think back to, you know, mine in 2013 and it's like from May of 2013 until the end of 2013. So a good seven months. I mean, I just was floating. Like I just, I couldn't think of anything. I, you know, I was, I just couldn't figure anything out. And I also didn't feel the drive to do anything, you know, and it's, and then after that, like I had the idea for sponsor my book and I had the idea for like these other projects. And like, I started to get like a little bit of wind in my sales, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't say it's until the buy my future project that I really felt like excited about who I was as an entrepreneur again, mm-hmm. which was two years after that. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the reason I bring that up is because, number one, I don't think there's any timetable that anyone's going to be able to give anyone in any part of a thing you're going through that's really tough. But I, I do think that there does become a point if you can work through it and if you can find a way through, which can be extremely difficult. Like I'm not trying to belittle how difficult that process is because your process, yours as my wife and yours listening to this podcast, it might be something way more difficult than I went through in 2013. But what I'm just trying to say is I now look at the end of that chapter and that change in my identity as like a thing I'm, I'm almost, I'm not proud of, but I can see and go, yeah, like I did that, you Mm -hmm. know, that was hard. I remember it being hard, but I don't grieve that process anymore. Mm -hmm. And I now look at all the things I can take from that journey to apply to my life now, to my business now. And, and I think one of the things that, you know, we've, we've been talking about this off the podcast because we do talk off the podcast for like we a little bit. We do from time to time. Yeah. We share conversations. I think not everything that you're going through with your family of origin stuff now is going to be so impactful for our family that we're going to be building for years to come. Absolutely. Because and I, I know that. I think it's going to help us to raise kids who don't feel like they have to be the good daughter or the good right. son or, you know, they don't have to have an identity or child or child. They don't have to, I was trying to think of what I'm supposed to say. It takes time. Yeah. Um, they don't have to think about trying to control the dynamic of a family and like the emotions of a family. We both learned that in our different family dynamics that that's not a thing a child should have to carry the burden of. Right. And so to try really hard to know what we're passing along from our learned experience. So it's like right now you're going through, and maybe it'll be in a couple of years when we have our first kid that you'll be able to go, oh, look, like I made it through this situation and now I have some of these things at my disposal that I've learned that I've come to that I'm going to pass along that feel like a good, oh, totally. here's how to avoid like, these things. I, every, every hard thing that I have come up against mental health wise in the past, I would say a couple of years, I, because I'm just getting to that age where it is more of a consideration of us having children, but that's all I think about is I'm like, well, gl- glad I learned this now before I have the responsibility of molding a young human. Yeah. Um, and of course you're never going to do it perfectly. Right. But, the, but that's, that's it. I need to learn that now, like better yeah. for me to learn that now than on the job. Yeah. Better for me to rebuild a new paradigm for myself that allows me to be just a human being. Like just, I'm exhausted from this, like 
way of living in the world where it all feels like it's so precariously held together. And if one piece of criticism or one piece of feedback comes my way, the whole thing is going to shatter. And I just, I can't live like that anymore. It's exhausting. Yeah. And I, it begins with compassion for myself. It begins with understanding that I'm not a perfect person, you know, and that I'm doing the best I can in a world with impossible choices that are changing every single day and having compassion for myself when I have to stand up for myself in a situation where other people are going to be hurt by my boundaries. Other people are not going to like my boundaries. Uh, you know, I'm not going to know exactly the right way to set those boundaries. Uh, but like, I guess I'm just learning how to, how and when, those things are important. Yeah. And it's really a weird time to be alive because probably one of the things that would help get through these um, identity kind of like bumps in the road for you is to like remove yourself from all the inputs, right? Like not be on social media, not talk to family, like just like I need time for me. But in the 2022 world that we live in, like it's next to impossible. Like you, it's very hard. I mean, you can do it obviously, but it's very hard to detach from that. And it's very hard to remove yourself from all of the things. And I think that that is a really interesting thing that we're all wrestling with as people as social media. It's, you know, it's like the main thing is so pervasive in our lives because it's how we stay connected to people. It's how we run our businesses in some ways. And, And even not even just social media, just like email and other stuff there are always going to be connection points to you that you don't have control over. Yeah. Not to mention there is a part of it too, where you almost feel irresponsible taking, you you know what I mean? Unplugging because that's often the way that we're all communicating as a society of like updating our our software. And sometimes I feel like taking time apart from that feels like such a privilege, right? To be able to be like, okay, listen, I need to take time for myself, but by blocking everything out, you almost feel like you're, not participating participating in the updating of the software that is so necessary in a society that's so systemically broken in so many ways. What's really bizarre, and these are the mental things that I go down all the time, which is 15 years ago or 20 years ago when social media did not exist. Yeah. There were still opportunities for you to be a good person. There were still opportunities for you to be a helpful human being. There were still opportunities for you to think about climate change. And you know, it's like, obviously we know more, so we need to do more now. But what I'm saying is like you look back 20 years and if someone was doing their best and they were going about and learning and doing things without social media existing, you're like, yeah, they're still trying, you know, like they're yeah. still in it. And now it's like if you step away from social media, like, oh, that person's just giving up on things. It's like, no, you can still do all of those things without being on social media, just as an example of, of this stuff. Well, then it just goes back to the paradigm, right? Yeah. Because then again, even me even saying that is like so clearly operating within I'm not, I'm not saying it's not important to still operate in a way where you're being a good person and whatever. It's just like when that's your only metric of worthiness, you're setting yourself up for failure Yeah. because you could always do more. I do think there is one really important thing here that everybody has to figure out for themselves, which is how am I like writing my own ship to make sure that I feel good and that I'm taking care of myself. And if that means getting off of social media, turning off email for a while, not talking to family for a little bit. Like you have to be able as a human being operating your own life and living your own life to be able to do that at yeah. some time. And I do think there's a because really... Because otherwise it's just not sustainable. Yeah. I, I think there's a really interesting part of our 
society and ecosystem right now where it doesn't feel like you can necessarily do that. And I don't, I don't think that's right. Like, I think you should be able to take the time that you need to grieve, to recover, to work through things, to rest, to rest. And you should be afforded that space no matter what's going on. If you just know deep down that you need it. Yeah. But then, then what it comes down to is the self-assuredness and the self-knowledge and the, I guess, self-esteem to then go, I, I know what's true for me yeah. and what my limits are and what my capabilities are. And I know that I'll be judged one way or the other based on my behavior. I know it won't be enough for some people. Absolutely. I know it'll be enough for others. And I guess we have to develop enough self-worth within ourselves to just have to live with it, to yeah. be okay with it. And we're going to disappoint some people. And I think that's just part of this. In our families. Yeah. In our lives. Absolutely. And and that is something we just all, I think, have to reckon with and just go, but I can't control that. Like, that's right. the thing we keep coming back to here as well is like, you and I both thrive under control. Yeah. And I think for next, well, this year, I keep, now I'm like, it's this year? It's crazy. It's this year. Like, all of the things that are going to be out of our control as we travel full time. It's such a change in existence for us, especially for me. Like... I have been in full control of every decision we have made. I'm actually really fascinated to, I mean, I'm fascinated to see how this year will change me for so many ways, but I'm also fascinated to see how it'll change (laughs) you. Do you think I'll still be the MVP? I'm going to be the MVP of change. You're always, you'll be the MVP of change. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I don't need validation. I just want to be the MVP. (laughs) I just need a physical trophy that I can carry with me on the plane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be interesting. But, you know, I'm glad I got that off my chest. I know it was like a little bit vague. Sorry, everyone. But I hope that someone out there listening can relate to just being in that place of introspection and and having to grieve the loss of certain things in your life that you knew to be true and that felt comfortable to you. And now it's all kind of uh, in a washing machine scrambling around and you don't know which way is up, but we're going to find it together. Yeah, absolutely. And I I hope that someone listening to this as well can realize if they're in the middle of something like this, that it's okay to grieve. It's okay to take time to yourself. It's okay to be sad, unplug from whatever Mm -hmm. connections you need to unplug from, whether that's social media, whether it's talking to your family and that creating some boundaries is not you being a bad person. It's you taking care of your mental health which is in our family, the most important thing. Like Absolutely. that's where it starts is mental health. And if that's not okay, then everything else will fall apart. So that has to be okay first. Absolutely. And I just have some wonderful new things to talk to my therapist about in 2022. Of course. Yeah. Well, you know, she's happy. You know, oh yeah. Every identity crisis is just like, she's like, re- <laughs> yeah, double up, down, baby. Up the payroll. Here we go. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, let's skip movies because this was like a heavier episode. So we don't want to end on just like, well, let's just change the mood completely. Cause that's not realistic. We would just be True. faking it. So uh, I think this was a fantastic voyage through your feelings. Thank, Thank you, you for sharing. Thank you for listening. Uh, I hope everybody is as satisfied as I am that we made exactly $10,000 even selling I, our stuff. I cannot emphasize how satisfying it was when we both locked eyes when wow. you showed me the calculator on your phone. Why does that feel so good? It also really shows you the power of all of the things you have in your home that add up. I know. Like you think like, I don't have, you know, that much stuff that's worth it. It's like, yeah, but every $60 thing, $80 thing, $140 thing, like 
those chairs, those outdoor chairs, they added up to that. You know, like it just, it, True. you know, it you really, never know when an outdoor chair lounger leads, can set into yeah, a new friendship. Exactly. <laughs> um, I want to end this podcast by saying I appreciate you so much MVP. For, <laughs> for all of the hard work that you have put in, in managing the logistics of this move, especially as I've been really in my feelings the past few days, if you couldn't tell from the podcast and you've really stepped up to the plate and all of your hard work is seen and appreciated. Do you feel like, thank you. Do you feel like I've done hard work and heart work? I do feel like you've done heart work and hard work. Oh. Even though you made me let go of that domain. I'm not yeah. going to say what it is <laughs> in case I pick it back up. But oh, was there silly. a pun involving heart work? Yes, there was. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. The next episode we're doing is our year in review, I right. believe. So it'll be Which fun. Which we understand. It'll be the end of January, but whatever. Who we're, cares? We're on. We're back. Don't you just we're care back. that we're back? We're That's back. all that matters. Whether we're a couple weeks ahead or we're not or whatever, it doesn't matter. We're recording oh, podcasts. You might be wondering, like, when where, they, when, where are you? Well, they know we recorded it in 2022, but when? No, I know. I was going to say they might be wondering, oh, where? where are you right now? Like, Ooh, we yeah. don't know we what no we're idea. doing. Yeah. We don't know. We'll get to that in a future episode. We have no yeah. idea how much we're saying. Sharing on social. This? We have yeah. no idea when you'll find out on the podcast. Just stay tuned and I promise it will all come together at some point. All righty. If that's not a cliffhanger, I don't know what one is. We will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We love your faces. Bye.